0: And now, a Seniors 94 public service message. Why he needs to pretend to whack it and throw it.
1: I just don't understand why you need to pretend to whack it and throw your jizz to express that you're bored.
2: Babe, this is what guys do.
1: But why not roll your eyes or stare off into the distance? Or maybe just yawn to
2: show you're bored. Babe, think about it. When I pretend to whack it, I'm sending a clear signal to someone that what they're saying or doing is so boring that I'd rather play with myself. And when I pretend to throw my jizz all over, I'm essentially saying I'm done with that person or situation. Do you know how after we have sex, I sort of want to get away from you?
1: Yes, you seem to run out of the room after we have sex.
2: That's because I'm done. I've done my business.
1: So when you pretend to throw your jizz, you're essentially saying you have nothing left to give the situation. Like how your penis goes limp after you jizz too quickly and I'm left feeling unsatisfied.
2: Almost, babe. It's not about what a guy can give to a situation or a person. It's about what a guy can get. Guys wanna get hard and blow their loads. If doing that doesn't feel possible,
0: it's time for a dude to bounce. This has been a public service message. From Seniors ninety four.
1: It's interesting as we think through these this work, this body of work, this deep body of work. Uh, you know, looking back and listening to some of these things, I realized just how we're not really in a great place with a lot of the stuff that we're processing on air and. It's, it's healthy. It's been healthy for me to just even talk through. So this week we talked a little bit about hangups in the holidays. And, and I think it can feel like, uh, at least it can feel like I'm really this dissatisfied, uh, pretty horrible dude who's struggling so deeply. It's not the case necessarily, but it's also stuff that has lingered in my brain for years that I just it's great to just talk to somebody about it. I think that's what we're trying to do with guests but just amongst, the, just between the two of us, which I value those conversations the most, just cause you're my friend.
3: And we wouldn't do it. We, we just wouldn't do it if without, without being forced to do an episode every week. I don't know why we're forced, we're, we're forcing ourselves, but we just wouldn't do it. Like it wouldn't happen. Do you think, that you after 10 episodes, do you, one, do you think we're actually being vulnerable? Do you think we're, we're actually kind of holding back? Or Do you think it's it's coming out? I,
1: I feel like I am. I don't know. You'll have to tell me what you think. But I mean, I I feel like I am.
3: I think I am. You know, the hard part has been like we don't. We're trying not to like bring other people's names into it. And so if if you think that way, it's kind of hard to be like it's like clearly. All right, he's talking about his wife, or he's talking about his son, or his parents, or whatever. You know, to be super vulnerable, I think you'd have to unchain that that piece of it. If you really got into like, all right, this relationship is causing this to happen. Right. And same with the guests. Where we're we're encouraging them not to do any of that. Do you think maybe you think maybe we should be like, you know what, you want to talk shit about somebody and you're okay with it. It's your problem. Let it let it happen.
1: Nah, I protect them with from that. But what we can't protect them from is your interrupting and, and your jokes. <laughs> Are you funny anymore, Matt? Matt, are you funny? Do you even want to be funny? Uh
3: no, I don't. I don't want to be funny. I I have not made someone laugh now, just anyone, anywhere, in about thirteen years.
1: <laughs> no, I'm joking.
3: <laughs> is, it, is it important to you the humor aspect of this show?
1: It's er, it's everything. Like I don't do this show without it. Like if you're not making cracks, now obviously there are times when you interrupt that I just like shut the fuck up, dude stop but uh i don't know if people noticed but for you when i was digging in with indy about uh you know she was having too much flow she's having a lot of blood loss and you bring in fucking godfather episode where the horse head is thrown (laughs) on the bed and there's a lot of blood that is so stupid
3: what i think that's my best moment in my comedic career number one
1: with respect to a primary objective of a show being like to help people and to have them talk through their issues, to throw that in at that time is really um what, well, it's just a it's obnoxious, but <laughs> it's my favorite because that's what we're trying to do. She we're laughed. trying to, Yeah, we're representing a bit of adolescence uh come, kind of growing and coming to terms with what's happening in middle-aged life.
3: I got to tell you there's almost nothing in my life I would like to talk about less. I Man, I, I hate to say it. I have a daughter. It's gonna, it's gonna be part of my life. But men's menstrual cycles is <laughs> nothing. And so maybe that's an uncomfortable reaction to bring the horse's head thing. But I just like to point out that was not planned. That happened in the moment. That wasn't like, oh, I got a good analogy of of uh, menstrual cycle, horse's head from Godfather. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So before we go, man, uh, we've been sitting on an interview you did with author Miles Flynn because it's pretty far out there, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to release it. The guy's a little whack. I'm excited though. It's gonna be in place of your open mic. Do you have anything to say about this interview before people hear it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you might listen to the other guys out there, but I think we can't judge creatively. Like we want everyone to be free to say and do whatever they want, and and. It made me uncomfortable and it might it might make you uncomfortable, but I think to do anything with it besides let that person be and, and speak their mind, you know, is, is not a good way to encourage freedom of speech and freedom of creativity. Facts, Matt.
1: Middle-age man music and trends. Hey, we are in the segment called middle Age Man News and Trends. Our first story comes from Inc.com. Minda Zetlin, fight the urge to hate the holidays, Matt. According to anthropologist Dimitri Zagalatis, you may hate the holidays because of childhood memories, family estrangement, because you ended a relationship, someone died, or the people you love are far away. However... He goes on to say, resist the temptation to check out during the holidays. There are several key benefits to participating in festivities, including meeting our human need for ritual, maintaining connections, and and even giving and receiving gifts, because believe it or not, gift-giving played a crucial role in maintaining social ties among our ancestors. Matt, Dimitri is a liar. Matt, why is Dimitri a liar?
3: This makes me think of the crowd chant. Bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) Dude, this guy. This guy obviously works for like a mall or something, right? He's just trying to sell more product. That's all he's doing. I agree. Trying to push the bottom line. I got a funny story. This made me think of something. It's not about Christmas, but I think it's funny now. I can look in hindsight. Someone died on a holiday. So my grandpa back in... I don't do you remember back when I went down to Florida to take care of my grandparents? I left Denver for a while and I thought I was going for like two weeks. It was right after your wedding, actually.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And my
3: grandpa, he had he had a uh, lung cancer. I think it spread all over his body, and it was actually a great experience for me. I got to take care of him as as he was dying. But he died on Halloween, and they're wheeling the body out of the house like like as kids are walking around trick-or-treating. And I'm sure some people are like, man, that family is fucking committed to Halloween, <laughs> man. <laughs> They're wheeling a, a fake dead body. They're like, man, we didn't know that old man was so into it. They just thought he was just like playing the part. They hired yeah. a hearst. They, hi- yeah. like they got into it. So oh my gosh, the reason why I'm cool with it, because I was with him for like three months and I was just completely at terms with it by that time. And I could see the deterioration. But I remember one of my uncles, like we were, we were at that time we had, we had gotten over it and we were, we just thought it was the funniest thing ever <laughs> and, and possibly the most traumatic Halloween for a couple kids in South Florida. They were walking around like, oh, look, there's a, there's a Dracula statue or, oh, look, that family put uh, some pumpkins that look scary. Oh, look, that family's wheeling a fucking dead body out of the house. <laughs> That's what that made me think. So thank you, Dimitri Zagalatos.
1: Uh, That's funny. I got nothing to say to that. I'm just glad. It's almost like it. it's a bit you worked on.
3: I should have, man. I should have. I don't know if I ever even talked about that only through the vulnerability of Seniors 94, when I'm able to look back 20 some years later, we'll uh, talk about that.
1: Let's, let's go to the next one. Comes from the Washington Times, Cheryl Chumley. Apparently, The Canadian Human Rights Commission put out a report suggesting Christmas and Easter may be discriminatory and religiously intolerant holidays. Why do they say this? Because non-Christians may have to ask for special accommodations to observe their own religious holidays. Matt. 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 It's about time somebody tells the truth about baby Jesus' racist ways. Why are you such a Catholic racist pig, and fat ass?
3: Just because I don't want to spend eternity in hell, (laughs) like you people. By you people, I mean all minorities that don't that don't celebrate Christmas the way I do. Anyone who's non-Catholic, actually, I consider a minority. So don't don't worry. It's not about color. It's just not being part of the chosen race. Uh, You know what? Here's what I say to these people: Shut up. Take your holiday. You remember in Denver, when I still live in Denver, someone was fighting to get a day off like Martin Luther King, but it was like for a Mexican uh, civil rights leader, like they wanted like Chavez Caesar Day, Chavez. Or Caesar yeah, Chavez yeah. Day. And people voted against it because they couldn't fucking handle it. It's like shut up, you fucking clan rallying pieces of shit. Take the free Monday. I don't care if you want to burn a cross in someone's front lawn. Let's get a Monday off for Christ's sake. Like, oh yeah. Why take Christmas off? Whatever you're into. Just don't worry about it. I'll take
1: a holiday for Big Bird.
3: Yeah. I just like the send white people back to Europe movement. Give me a day off. I'm in. (laughs) Like, I'm in, dude. Whatever you want to do. Small white dong day. I'm celebrating. (laughs) I'm going out, dude. Like, take the holiday. Chum, Lee?
1: All right. Now, you got to listen to this next one. You got to listen to me read it. Uh, how Capitalism Stole Christmas. This comes to us from ecowatch.com, written by, Lance I do a group called By Our Changing Planet. All right. And I quote, every year, the holiday shopping season spanning across November and December sees massive monthly profits for corporations, employees crushed by inhuman workloads and environmental destruction. And every year, the connections from consumerism to capitalism to the climate crisis are once again laid bare. Underneath the bright glitz of Christmas lights and shrouded under the cover of wrapped presents lies a stark reality of the holidays in the imperial core. Starting with the celebration of colonial genocide and Thanksgiving followed immediately by the capitalist schemes of Black Friday and Cyber Monday that bleed into a month of Christmas celebrations, foregrounding extensive gift-giving ceremonies, holidays that have been co-opted by corporations, and the relentless drive for profit and growth. End quote. Now, seriously, I do consider myself liberal, but geez, I mean, I really want to just start yelling out "libtard," let's go, Brandon, because this is this is so stupid. So, what do you think about uh, this author?
3: How do you think they are in bed? I bet you in bed and while they're writing this, they're dressed in all black, listening to the Cure and not like the happy Cure songs, the more depressing ones. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, this look, this, this." seems like it's written by like a, a 17 year old full of angst whose parents are just such idiots and don't get it and don't <laughs> and don't want to let them fucking chill out on christmas and why do we have to do this this person still has that attitude i believe uh this actually makes me want to go to the mall nothing in my life has ever made me want to go to the mall after i was probably 12 uh yes yes when you use shrouded in that's like you're going for it right can well, have, and and yeah, imperial core. Yeah, have you give me a sentence shrouded in that's like upbeat and happy?
1: I'm shrouded in Beyonce's booty. I'm sure sh- <laughs>
3: oh, that's that's uplifting. <laughs> it sounds, but it still sounds like you're trapped in some some weird way. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> what I hope is because we've already recorded the men's room that I specifically don't come across as this person. There's a risk that I did, but uh, it it is striking uh, how liberal motherfuckers can
3: get. Uh, all right, I'll give I'll give them a little. I'm not a big fan of Black Friday or Cyber Monday, but I'm not sure if you can tie Cyber Monday back to imperial imperialism and colonial genocide. Seems <laughs> like there's a disconnect between those two things. My only issue with Black Friday is like let's keep it Black Friday, not Black week, not black uh, that sounds terrible when it comes out of my mouth, actually, but I think you understand what I'm saying Black friday I wish it was I wish it was something else actually, yeah. but it shouldn't it shouldn't be like the Walmart employees gotta work on fucking Thanksgiving to support an extended Black Friday again, not a hot take, but that's my only issue with it,
1: all right, well. That's the middle-aged man, news, and trends.
2: Middle-aged
1: man, news, and trends. Middle-aged man, news for you. Up in this man's room, Matt. How you feel about these mother-freaking holidays, bro?
3: Well, this is a a unique one for me. It'll be the first one where we're trying to figure out how to do it in a separated family. So it doesn't feel that great. It just feels like I'm just putting stress on more stress on my kids. Without a solution and So my options are, are or our options are like, let's all get together. And then and then our fears that then we give them some sort of hope that like, we're getting back together. Like they're gonna pull uh, some magical Christmas story and everything's great. Or then we don't do it. And they're just like, fuck you guys can't even get your shit together for Christmas one day
1: it's a lose lose
3: yeah but i know we'll be nice and everyone will be happy if, we, if i go hang out with them or they hang out with me but it's gonna be like just sitting there like ah it's gonna be a little cold you know
1: so on the day of christmas are you gonna have some time with them and then ship them over to her or vice versa what's what's kind of strategy
3: well, I think we're probably, we'll probably do it at their house, at the house, and then I'll probably just go there, and we'll all, all hang out together for a few hours, like Christmas morning. Okay. It could be a disaster. could be okay. Yeah.
1: You can try to get in a fight, try to address some of the problems right then and there. <laughs>
3: right under the tree. I think <laughs> I'll be like, witness. I need you kids witness this shit. <laughs> Whose fault is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... I I want to obviously have Christmas with them, but it, it's going to be weird, no doubt.
1: Well, that stress, that kind of stress, a lot of it I blame on the kids, yeah. right? their Their expectations are creating that. Because if it were up to you, I mean, I guess the question is, if it were up to you, what would you do?
3: I thought you were making a joke. It's pretty funny.
1: <laughs> well, I was a little, but yeah, if it were up to you, what would you do?
3: Uh, that's a tough question. I was thinking the other day, maybe you know, Christmas Eve is a big deal down here. It's bigger than the day because it's not really centered around gift giving, which we'll get into. People might give a couple of small gifts, but it, it's changing. So Christmas Eve, like your family's a big deal. So I was kind of like, maybe go go do let them do that, you know. The problem is my wife doesn't have a lot of people like family to do that with. So I was thinking maybe do they could do the night. They could do morning over there and then come over here Christmas day in the afternoon. We can hang out and enjoy ourselves. That would be like single dad loser style. Come over to my apartment Christmas afternoon. And, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe we can go to McDonald's. We can go to pizza. Like a true divorce loser. Uh, No, but I think probably for the first one, it's probably I should probably go over there in the morning and we should act like adults. Be happy. And consider it, and provide a warm atmosphere for the kids, and then leave. That's 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 all I can think of.
1: Now, wh- why did the kids always want the parents to get back together? I mean, you guys didn't you guys fight a little bit, and then they heard it?
3: Yeah, we actually fought yeah. a little bit. Okay. Uh, I well, I don't know. I think you've been through this, so maybe you know. I don't know if you have that memory. Somebody was telling me, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while uh, told me the other day, she's like, she went through it around the same age as my son. Her parents got divorced. And some uh, therapist or some sat her down and was like, you know, you're going to have two of everything. You're going to have two Christmases. You're going to have like two vacations every year. And most likely it's like your parents are probably going to be competing to to give you a better experience. So you're going to win. Just let it happen. You well, know. That's
1: a great therapist right there. Just right yeah. to the to the practicality of it. I like it.
3: It's like, yeah, you know, you get you get two of everything. If you take it out farther and things work out good, then then maybe you go, oh, you get two dads, but that sounds horrible to me. Right now. That, yeah. I can't get I can't think about that yet. I don't want to. So I think I haven't got there yet. But I tell the kids, oh you get two of everything. How did you do it? I don't even remember. Do you like go hang out with your dad a few days around the holidays and hang out with your mom? Or how how did you guys address it?
1: Well, one more question and I'll get into that. But like, are your kids looking for a Christmas miracle with with the getting back together thing?
3: I think so. Yeah, I do. I think I think they're like, maybe you guys will reconnect. My daughter said something like that to me the other day. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't think we're going to reconnect.
1: You should fake it though, and then and then bust the news on them like January second. Nah, it didn't work out.
3: That was that. That was that's their bond. gift.
1: That no, that's their gift.
3: I gotcha, and I unleash like a film crew and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, they, I'm sure they they think that uh, I've had they have come to terms with it a little bit, but there's I don't know I can't answer your question why kids want that, but. Yeah there's some uh there's some natural thing that that we feel like we we have to be in this uh, uh, traditional family structure right it's like a, a man a woman together and uh I maybe they're maybe they're afraid I'm gonna break up that structure by changing the dichotomy and go man man on them <laughs> well, they're traditional Catholics is the problem
1: oh yeah I uh <laughs> I I think my disdain for all of this holiday shit stems from there were several times where I had I was shipped off to my dad who lived in a different state during Christmas. And for whatever reason, Christmas was like the thing for my mom. And she was highly emotional. So as a kid, just holding some of that burden. Uh, it just this seems like there's way too much expectation for me around this time. Where I'm almost so counterculture by it. it, it's it's got its own version of pathetic because I'm all I'm just like, why would we do that? Eggnog, so fucking stupid. <laughs> church, uh, Christmas Eve, church, candlelight service, what what? That's dumb. Uh, anything, anything uh, related to it, I'm now this uh, petulant child. But I think there was so much emotion back then. I'm playing therapist that I'm like, ah, it's a lot. So anything you guys can do if you want advice to just just keep it chill and not uh, stack expectations up probably will help the kids.
3: But you had you still I, I don't know. Like, I, I you know, I have no desire to like to receive any gifts or do anything related to Christmas at all. And I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't one of, just that like every other kid couldn't sleep Christmas night because I was so jacked to get stuff, to get material things and shit <laughs> like that. Like I I loved it and I looked forward to it all year. And, and when it happened, I was so excited. And uh, that's I'm like scared of depriving my kids of that. But at the same time, I'm like, I cannot believe I'm still part of this. This like fucking it just seems like such a made up holiday now. Now, I would say at least in Costa Rica, I don't know if this is good or bad, but, you know, you don't even they don't really have Santa Claus. They have El Nino, which is the baby Jesus. The baby yeah. Jesus is coming and he yeah. might give you like a little gift, not like a new Lexus or some shit that you see on TV in, in uh, the U.S. And I don't, like when you were when you were going through that, you said your mom was jacked and it was hard. You were still like a normal kid that enjoyed Christmas or no. Did you have a disdain for it really young?
1: Oh no, no, no. Young. I'd say all the way, even through my twenties, it wasn't until I had my own kids that I started to, to, to lose it about it all. I was excited. I wanted like all the, the top of the line stuff, like most kids didn't get it, but yeah, it was fun.
3: Let me tell you my experience, Lance, of getting all the best stuff. It was (laughs) so great, you know, and it really made me feel like a better, (laughs) a better human. Uh, I hate to be like exactly what you said. I hate to just be like, God, this all sucks. I hate to be like that.
1: Have you always been like that? Or are you just a little bit depressed this year because of this circumstances?
3: Yeah, I'm probably a little depressed, of course. You know, I th- actually, when I think about it, I think it's, Christmas has been hard since I've been married because there's always been this whole thing, and it's been great, but, because we all, but this whole thing about who we're going to see, and then we have to get go to Costa Rica because we live we were living in the US. And I love I used to love coming down here. Who wouldn't? You know, you're in the middle of winter in St. Louis or, or some other place in the US or Colorado and you get to go to Costa Rica for a couple of weeks. But it's like a crazy amount of money every year, especially like when you're in your twenties or thirties. You mm-hmm. can't really do anything else. And like and then you always feel guilty. Cause you're like, oh, I'm going, I'm going down here. My family's up here. I'm going here, and like, and then when I go see my parents, which was not that much, then my wife would feel horrible. Cause it's like not only do I live in the U.S., but I don't like, I don't even get to see my mom on the holidays and all this stuff. And uh, so it was always just a source of stress, like nothing more.
1: But that stems from those family expectations, like that, that that are pretty. I don't know. They're sort of absurd. I mean, do you get into any sort of enlightened bonding during the christmas time i mean maybe there is some but it's mostly just like here look at this i got you this coffee grinder cuz i know you like the coffee you like that whole bean stuff don't you huh <laughs> yeah here you go um no i just it feels like um what are we know.
3: doing yeah it's just like what are we doing
1: yeah baby jesus was our our, our gift to the world and now we shower each other with useless gifts that's not what baby Jesus wanted.
3: No, and I see it. I it's just, it just puts you in a weird position though, because I see it. My kids are still young; they're younger than yours, and they still have this youthful excitement for this stuff, and it's super cute and like and cool and funny. And and you're like, I don't want to be some dick that's like, this is commercial materialism sucks for Christmas. You know, this is just some commercial holiday. But I'm like, oh my God, like you're feeding, if you you're basically just, you can't, it's like you can't, uh, you can't get away from it.
1: I've been that dick though, dude, for 10 years without apology. I've just been like, why? You can even hear it on some of the Christmas videos. Oh, mom thought she needed to get this for you too, huh? I sound like such a prick it's so funny to listen to him it's like oh here's another thing that we had to wrap Uh, oh that was a real pain in the ass to put together it's just like uh, so much guess I'll uh, clean this wrapping paper up you you ever see the guy who's like freaking out about the wrapping paper and like jumps up to get every little thing immediately Yeah. let me get that put in the back that's me
3: that's my dad my dad's like that he's got a trash bag ready
1: He's all dialed in. I just think there's uh, some stress related to the excess of it all. It just seems pretty stupid. Actually, the best thing we've done recently as the kids have gotten older is done like a white elephant exchange with all of our extended family. So everybody just brings one gift and you kind of
3: do that. Your kids are cool with that?
1: Oh, yeah. They're teenagers now. Um, And they would have been cool with it had it been a tradition before.
3: What's I don't know if you can say this, but what's on the what would be on the list for your son like this year at that at that age? It's not like toys, right? Or is it like a PlayStation it's like game or
1: three different shoes? I want three different basket, pairs of basketball shoes, all different colors, and you know it ends up being what like six hundred bucks. Yeah, you like, <laughs> like uh. he's still growing the, too,
3: so there's a chance yeah. he might only use it for like a month, and then his toe be popping, and out then
1: he's the like. Oh, can I have them early? I need them early for this game. But and then you know, my wife obviously like because she likes to manage expectations. But you know, you won't have you won't have all that to open on Christmas. And he's, I don't care. Give me the fucking
3: shoes, bitch.
1: No, he doesn't say that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Christmas is great. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's sad. I like the idea though, at least from your son of. Uh... I get some joy out of utility in the gift where it's where it's it's like, well at least he's he's getting shoes. He probably doesn't need three pairs, but like at least he's it's like something that he can use. See there seems to be some value in that, you know?
1: That's all I'll do now, yeah. If I'm gonna Did give a gift them? Well, if I'm gonna give a gift, it's basically gonna be like food or um, yeah, some some sort of consumable <laughs> like windshield wipers. <laughs>
3: Windshield wipers. <laughs> what do you? What do you ask for? Like, like I, I, uh, I hate. I don't know why. I was not like this as a kid. But even the like when someone asks me what I want for Christmas, it's like I just like sink.
1: I, I know sink. what. Uh, I'm there. I don't uh, and think I have, I, I have this countercultural thing where like now it's like I take pride in looking like a hobo, just kind of looking like a piece of shit with dumpy sweats and dumpy shirts, yeah. and so. You know my my wife would be like, well, how about some how about some new sweats and how, and and I'll just be like, no, nah, I just need some socks.
3: I like when somebody asks me that. It's like you know when you tell your kid like, if you do that again, you're gonna be grounded for an extra week. It's like if, if your wife asks you like, how about some new sweats, Lance? It's like you know what? I'm wearing these for another fucking month. You're gonna have to deal with these <laughs> shitty sweats because you brought it up. Now I have to rebel against it.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what what's going on. I don't know what's going on with that. Like, it's not a money thing for me. It's just like, it just seems uh, fairly pointless. And and is it, do you think it's like a counterculture thing for you? Like where you're like, ah, look at society. Look at them consume, consumers, not me.
3: I I don't know because I, in the moment, I end up, what I used to always do is because I used to always travel the U.S. in December for work. I'd make it, I'd make sure that I was there to buy a bunch of shit. And then I'd like overdo it, and then I'd be like, "Fuck it!" It's like in the last minute, I buy, you know, all I'd spend all this money uh, on my wife, on my kids, playstations and shit, and then and they like, like, what kind oh, of money? Awesome.
1: What kind like, of money?
3: I don't know, maybe a few thousand bucks, something like that. Probably nothing, like a normal U.S. Christmas, I think. Jeez. Yeah. Well, if you get one PlayStation, you probably have four hundred bucks. A few games, yeah, you, you have right. five or six hundred. Buy my wife a purse or something. No, maybe maybe like a thousand bucks or something like that. But then I I would just be like fuck it. Like in some sort of out of body experience, I'd be running around St. Louis like a maniac for like two days. I'd be I'd be like missing meetings and shit. And my yep. in my work rental car, I'd just be like hey, I gotta go out. I gotta go take care of shit. Just bounce it like like on a goddamn mission, and I'd always succeed. Like you know, ah, I just can't find anything, I'd just be like boom tactical very tactical and and just load up and on it'd be like, and just credit card, credit card, credit card. And then I would put on my suitcase, get home and then we'd have Christmas. I wouldn't be happy. And I would just be like in this kind of melancholy state of like, <laughs> you know, mission account, like a, like a soldier that his mission was to kill 12 Viet Cong. You probably can't feel that great after it, but you mission accomplished, you know? And so I feel like, Christmas morning at 10 a.m. Yeah,
1: can't get back to normal society. He needs to get back into war.
3: How about someone blows you up? Like if, if your wife blew you up with like an amazing gift, that that's uncomfortable as hell, right? Like, do you like that or?
1: Oh, it wouldn't happen between us because we're both just we're not enamored by that whole mystery of the gift giving for that for that holiday. Really? So you tell her
3: what she what you want and she gets it, or you even go buy it yourself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a checklist. From you know, at this point, I wonder too if we've damaged the kids with that because it's it's they they don't see any real magic between us uh, with respect to the the holiday or gift giving. It just seems like drudgery.
3: Like oh yeah, mom wanted a new salad bowl. What's crazy is you never it's it feels this is how I feel. It feels like failure if you just take the the idea that was given. Like if you said mom wants new salad bowl, you can't get the salad bowl then, because she gave you that idea. It's got no. You didn't do it. You didn't have to work for it. So it so it feels like it's a shitty gift if you just get what they asked for. I have the, I have some feeling of guilt if I do that.
1: But the whole premise of giving a gift to your spouse, don't you think, is is pretty far fetched? You 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 know most couples I think share money, and talk, uh, and then. To put any weight on satisfying somebody's needs through a gift uh, over the holidays seems, especially when you've got young kids and other things going on, just seems crazy. What's he gonna get me this year? Oh, it better be good. Did you have that? I couldn't even fathom that.
3: I mean, I don't. I can't remember a Christmas where she was like, oh, "I'm disappointed." But I think, I don't know. It's interesting. We're like walking between two cultures. It's getting worse here or better, however you look at it, like as far as becoming more like a U.S. Christmas where people are buying each other gifts. But it wasn't really like that here. I, I liked the way it was. It was like for all of December, all you, you do here is is make sure that you have time with your different groups of friends, high school friends, your family. And so like everyone's like I, December gets real busy and people are like, oh, no, I have to go out to eat with these people. I have to go out to these people. I have to go to a party. And then the Christmas night, you might exchange like a shirt or something, like not, no big deal. Yeah, I'm down. Nice gift, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And maybe when kids are really young, maybe they wake up and you do a little like El Nino gave you a couple toys. But now it's just and and I always liked that. I just never got the idea. That it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to Costa Rica for a couple weeks, and like it's like, hey, that's it, that's the gift. I never got the idea that that was sufficient. And it was like, uh, fuck. Mm. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's how, that's my, that's me every year. Fuck. That's, my, that's how I feel about Christmas.
1: Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm with you, dude. Okay, I'll tell you how ridiculous I've got. But remember in my job, you know, you're having certain bosses or coworkers that would get you stuff. I, that was really annoying to me. Like, why are you getting me a gift? Now I have to feel bad that I didn't even... Write you a card. I don't even want to send you an email. And now I have to send a fucking email that's like, thank you for the you know, chocolate covered peanuts. I don't know if I've just become.
3: <laughs> chocolate covered peanuts. That's such a such a thing, too.
1: Well, I don't know how if I've just become super uh, depressed or uh, s- something worse. I look at myself in the mirror and I go, wow, this is how far you've fallen. That those types of things are like getting you riled up, your boss giving you a gift and you being annoyed. So the whole thing, for whatever reason, the whole thing has gotten completely soured. Because it's just too much expectation,
3: too much chaos. How about, do you have any other, like you you said, you're worried about your kids. Is there any other tension? Because I think that what you see is the best and the worst side of people in the holidays, but the worst and it just seems like this is definitely a, a female thing, but all the in-law shit comes, comes out where it's like, well, your parents aren't accommodating and we got to see my parents. And I have never heard a, 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 a Rarely, unless the dude's like a heroin addict or something like you really hear a guy being like, I'm not fucking hanging out with my father-in-law. Father-in-law doesn't care. The husband doesn't care. It's going to go sit there and stare at each other and be quiet. Like there's something about the holidays, especially when there's grandkids involved that get, get women like pitted against each other against their mother-in-laws you
1: know oh yeah and uh, i we had that there was lots of resentment earlier on man where well we want them in the morning this time and then you know we got into a rhythm and just like oh this is more important to such and such grandparent and uh but it was super stressful early on and and to the point where we like we like bailed one christmas and everybody hated us because we were like we're not doing it Oh, that's great,
3: but why? Why is the day so important? Like you could be like, "Look, I'll give you, I'll give you 26, 27, 28, three, three days. We'll get an eight ball of coke. It'll be the funnest three days ever." But no, it's not the twenty fifth. It doesn't count. Oh, man. It doesn't count. Like you, it's got to be that day, or it doesn't count. Why? It's is
1: Symbolic. That? I think it's symbolic. Especially of-
3: You're not even religious, right? Like it's like, well, maybe your mom is Catholic, but it's like why is that day so yeah you're right it's symbolic of what
1: of family togetherness And i and i don't know my mom gets super emotional i love family on christmas and i'm just like oh god uh, how could she I
3: love say you say something mom. like that how could you say something like that woman <laughs> that, that, that's where i'm at that's how stupid i've got i love family
0: <laughs> Fucking bitch. i just how love can... family
3: uh, Was yeah, she always dude. like that, or is that a is that a ticking ticking clock type thing where she's she's counting no, her days?
1: No, it's just an important. I think it's an important uh, holiday for her.
2: That's not air freshener. That's my farts. Wycova epithelium? is a once a week prescription that coats your intestines with an aroma transfer agent. Choose from lavender, classic potpourri, or orange mist. I'm Derek, and I invented Wycova epithelium, because nothing was more humiliating than when I first farted in front of my wife. It wasn't the sonic vibration, it was the pernicious smell she couldn't handle. Now ten years later and a hundred million in venture capital and my wife is begging me to fart. I wish you would eat more fiber and fart around me more, honey. I love that Wycova smell. Wycova Epithelium. That's not air freshener. That's my farts.
1: What'd it mean to you to disappoint your kids?
3: Well, you mean what what does that look like? Like what 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 for you personally failed me?
1: No, for you personally, what's failure? around this this holiday.
3: Well, I think for this year if if they just I don't know if I can avoid it actually, but if they look back and go this was the worst day of my life watching my parents not not be together. I th- I think that they're they they might even be above the idea of being kids and wanting wanting stuff for Christmas. And I think all they want this year is like, you know, maybe like love, some sort of feeling of love. And and if we can't do that because we're too stuck in our own heads, that, that would be failure.
1: That's heavy though.
3: Any jokes, bro?
1: <laughs> no, that's pretty heavy. You see, so you have to keep your head on straight when you go over there.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe maybe just let it all pour out, but that actually should be what Christmas should be like for everyone every year. <laughs> like the true failure should be like, I don't feel any love here, you know? And if people oh. are like, I don't like, I don't, oh, you got me the wrong color shoes, dad. You're like, that's not what it was originally about. But maybe sometimes this is pretty stupid. Some philosophical thing, but sometimes these, these traumatic events, Kind of are there to reset us back to something like this, and uh, or maybe not. Maybe it's a ten year old, and he'll be like, "I don't fucking care. You give me some nice gifts. You can take your love and shove it up your ass. I want this is what I want. I wanted a transformer, and you didn't get it for me."
1: Right. There's just a lot of pressure, though. That particular day brings an absurd amount of pressure.
3: What would be your ideal Christmas? You know. Like, how do, you jack, how do you get out of this where you like make it fun for?
1: Okay, I got it right here. You ready? You ready, dog? I'm about to hit these listeners with some. Yeah, okay. So my ideal Christmas would be we get up and hike two hours, come back, have some food. Uh, we have a gift exchange. We have some uh, family over with no gifts, just hanging, maybe eating pizza, bro. And then we watch a movie, dog. That's it right there. Maybe a uh, like a, a game, play a game or uh, a comedy night, talent show night. That's when we have the most fun as a family, entertaining each other.
3: Right. Have you the what? Have you ever got maybe maybe this is what you're saying? But there is a moment of of Christmas every year where it feels like everyone gets over the gifts, kids kind of calm down, and then you do something like you might go like I, I you might go shoot some hoops. Whatever. Or you might go like play. My parents have a poker chip set. So we, we, whenever I go up there, we've been like playing poker with the kids, Texas Hold'em. And it's like not the gift. It's not the material we're just all hanging out doing something like that. And that always ends up being pretty fun. That actually happens. Cause it's like a sigh of relief. Cause you know that it's mentally draining for kids to like go through the process of wanting a gift, getting a gift. They're like exhausted too. Right. So we need to plan that.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's what I think we all do it for. Uh, I, for me, it's like if I find something that made people laugh that I can repeat over and over again. Uh, I know, I know, the families come together.
3: That's right.
1: Humor. Something like "titty bang, titty bang." Mom, you've
3: been titty banged, <laughs> and and she just chuckles and says, "I love family." <laughs>
1: You're so weird. That's what she'll say. You're so weird. Oh God, that's that's when I know we've come together, though. But yeah, it's a weird thing. The whole process. Uh, it makes you feel like a failure at times. I don't think I've ever felt like a hero. Have you felt like a hero?
3: In my life, or just around the holidays? No,
1: just straight up holidays.
3: No, I don't think so. I don't. But we wouldn't. We'd never get that feeling from this. have you ever done anything nice around the holiday been like i'm gonna go like i just gave some money to an orphanage not like 50 bucks that feels pretty good
1: yeah we give money through an account though that it's so it's all electronic and it's pretty much (laughs) you know it doesn't really like give you the hit of dopamine Uh,
3: that, that would be a good christmas for me i don't know if i can pull it off this year it's like I don't know. I make, for example, I make pizza. There's tons of orphanages in Costa Rica. I don't know if there's orphanage everywhere. Foster homes probably come. I take my kids. We go serve these kids some pizza, like either Christmas, Christmas night. We go do something nice. And then, uh, and then each one of them gets on the way. If they complete that and help me, I give them all a Mercedes (laughs) on on the way home. That's, that's my ideal Christmas. And then, uh, that's it. When we fly to Orlando, we take, and then we go on like a Disney cruise. It's commercial success.
1: And it's so special. What do you think that, <laughs> I wonder what the suicide rate is or just other sort of crime around this time. You know, if it's, if it rises dramatically, uh, it just seems like a, a time that's so fraught with despair. Aren't you taking stock a little bit of your life at this time? And that holiday, if you're if you're not partnered, or if you're lonely, you're kind of like, oh, well, guess I'm a piece of shit.
3: I saw, but is that Christmas or New Year's? It's the whole like thing, it, right? It's the
1: whole thing together. That's what we're talking about. Or
3: Hanukkah, whatever. Or if whatever. your
1: money isn't right, or whatever, your job, or something's not right that that you think society expects you to have figured out. I want to get to the bottom of why it's so depressing. What's so What's so hard about you know going and getting an eggnog latte? You know, hitting the mall for, you know, two hours, uh, buying a few gifts because it's the kids expect, you know, wearing a wearing a red uh, sweater or something stupid, you know, whatever. What's so hard about it?
3: It it isn't. Okay.
1: Then why why are you so bummed out?
3: Well, it just feels like, well, I'm bummed out this year because I have a lot to be bummed out about. But okay. I think it just feels, it feels like kind of fake now. Exactly. It's like, I don't, it just, it doesn't, it's like, why do we have to do this? Well, we should do stuff like this all the time. Should hang out with, your, with people you like, like you. Maybe that's it. Just, mm-hmm. It feels fake now. It, it just feels fake. feels
1: feel fake like. because the backdrop in your life is things aren't right. And now everybody's going to kind of pretend during the day or what?
3: No, I think it, it feels fake as far as the expectations of Christmas are are seem like they're spiraling out of control. That's why.
1: And and why? Because of uh, consumer consumerism.
3: I don't know. Maybe maybe it's nonsense. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. There's nothing more like demoralizing to me than those car commercials, where someone's getting a car as a gift. And it's like there's a bow out front on on a Lexus, and
1: really, come on, my wife would be like, "What the fuck is your problem? Getting me a car without talking to me."
3: I know, (laughs) just those commercials are like, (laughs) like are just weird.
1: It'd be cool if he like bent bent the wife over and railed her right after.
3: That'd be now, that'd be a good commercial. (laughs) Is that? is that on the table since you brought it up does anything like that make you make you make you go oh that's a good gift
1: any any <laughs> sex related stuff yeah you know not quite sex but I do appreciate like 10 free rubs like a you know 10 free massages uh that kind of gift
3: from like an a like an a professional masseuse oh yeah no
1: for my wife like three. Three foot massages while we watch a movie. Those are the those are the best gifts.
3: How do you do that? How does that work? You just say just, it.
1: No, you put it on. You just like you can you can print something up or you can just put it on a piece of construction paper.
3: Oh, there you go. It's gift idea.
1: There's some gift ideas, bro. But those are the best. But that doesn't
3: feel like force force physical in- intimacy.
1: Oh no, I I'm not. Our marriage. We're not. I'm not worried about any of that. I don't need Christmas to get get a boner. Cut.
2: (laughs) And now we take a break from this week's open mic to air a phone interview Matt did back in October with author Miles Flynn. Please enjoy.
3: Hello everyone. This segment is sponsored by Ruckus Bus Publishing. With us live today is the author of You're Not Gay, You Just Want to Suck Some Cock, Miles Flynn. Welcome to Seniors 94.
0: Matt, thank you. It's my honor to be here.
3: So Miles, why did you write this book?
0: Well, Matt, I had an insatiable hunger to help men live their best life. More than ever, men are craving adventure. We've got these deep desires We want to climb Everest. We want to scuba dive the Great Barrier Reef, parachute from a plane, and of course, try sucking cock. So this is really about building a fulfilling life and checking off some of those
3: bucket list items. I see. That is very interesting. So tell me a little bit more about the title of your book. Why convince men they're not gay if they want to cock in their mouth?
0: Matt, I know men who are straighter than an arrow but make it a point to suck a cock once a week. Are you
3: telling me those guys are gay? Um. Well, yeah, Miles. Actually, I would say that most of those guys are likely gay or bisexual.
0: Matt, this is where I disagree with you and those so-called experts. A man that wants to suck cock is just a man that wants to suck cock. And these labels we attach to people are dangerous. If somebody drank a bunch of alcohol every night, would you label them an alcoholic?
3: Uh, Well, yeah, actually, I, I probably would.
0: But Matt, 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 that is not fair. You're passing harsh judgment down on that person without knowing all the facts. And that's exactly what my book seeks to resolve. A man can engage in a behavior often, even daily, and he is not defined by that behavior. Just because a man sucks a cock does not make him a cocksucker, and it certainly doesn't make him gay.
3: Okay. I think we'll just leave it there. Uh, I just want to say thank you, Miles Flynn. His book is You're Not Gay, You Just Want to Suck Some Cock. Find it at all major book retailers.
2: Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Commercials, jingles, editing by Lance. Stand-up comedy by Matt. Music on public service message, horsey footage. Miles Flynn interview, intro music, Julian Matthew. Thanks for listening.